Welcome to How to Trade It, The Road to Trading Mastery. Join Casey Stubbs, a seasoned trader, as he guides you to become a profitable trader. Find actionable insights, real-life stories, and strategies to boost your trading skills. Don't miss the journey to trading victory. Start listening now. Connect with us at podcast at tradingstrategyguides.com. Trading profits are just an episode away. Welcome to the Cashflow Hacking Podcast. We are on a mission to help people increase their cash flow. While the steady paycheck of a 9-to-5 job may provide you a sense of security, it will never bring you true financial freedom and abundance. We will teach you the tips, tricks, and strategies behind increasing your cash flow. We connect with the experts who have defied conventional finance wisdom, who now earn more than they ever once thought possible. For those of you that are not yet at your full potential, are underemployed, or simply looking to grow their cash flow, then this podcast is for you. Welcome to the Finance and Markets Cash Flow Hacking Podcast. And now to your host, Casey Stubbs. This is Casey Stubbs for the Cash Flow Hacking Podcast. And very excited today we have. Jordan Goodman, who is America's money answer man, uh, and he will, has some great cash flow hacking tips for us today on how we can get some extra sources of revenue, and he has been written many books. He's always answering people's questions with money and helping them make great financial decisions. Thanks for being on the show today, Jordan. Great to be with you, Casey. Appreciate it. Excellent. So you are the money mancer man for America. You're always helping people out. And today you've got some great cash flow hacking tips. And the first one was about real estate index funds. And I would like you just to jump right in and tell us how we can get involved in that type of investment. Because I've always looked at doing real estate myself, but it seems so difficult, scary, complex. It seems like there's a lot of nightmares and it seems like you might have a, a solution for that. This is the passive way to do it. It's not index funds. These are income funds, secured real estate income funds. So it's a way for the average person who's not an expert in real estate and doesn't want to get their hands dirty at all to earn an 8% yield over a one-year time frame in monthly checks. Or if you want to reinvest it, you can have your money compounding at 8% plus. So what they're doing is they're lending money to high-quality commercial real estate projects only in in the U.S., Things like apartment buildings, uh, medical offices, assisted living, student housing, parking lots, just all kinds of different projects. And the reason that they take these loans is they have a really hard time getting loans on their own, Casey. Banks are really difficult to deal with these days. It could take you a year to get a commercial mortgage or something like that. So typically people want to move ahead faster than that. And these projects tend to be smaller than the banks. The banks want to do a $25 million or $50 million or $100 million project. Well, there's lots of people's projects are not, not that big. They may be a half million, a million, you know, relatively small projects. So they're kind of left behind. So it's kind of filling a void out there. And so they're going to charge maybe 10%, something like that, to the borrower. And then you, the shareholder, get 8% passed to you. 
And on top of that, you get a profit sharing. So if they actually sell the building at a profit within whatever, a year or so, they're going to share that profit with the fund, and the fund distributes 80% of that profit to you, the shareholder. So, for example, for last year, the specific fund I'm talking about is called the Secured Real Estate Fund. It had an 8.7% return, 8% from the interest, 07 from the profit sharing. So, and then the, the price of the shares does not change. It stays at $10 a share net asset value. So it's not affected by the stock market or the bond market or interest rates, really, or foreign currency, anything like that. So there's a way of earning 8% plus in a kind of consistent uh, way. There's a website related to that, securedrealestatefunds.com, where you can find out more detail about that. And we'll definitely post that link uh, on the show notes and on the website. So with this uh, 8%, that's an, an annual return Correct. on that? Correct. Okay. And is there um, any risk involved? Should the borrower not return or pay the loan? Does that get kicked back and I could lose my entire investment? Uh, well, first of all, it's a diversified portfolio. So if one loan goes bad, it's not going to hurt the whole portfolio. There may be 30 loans in there at any particular time. So it's not as though all your eggs are in one basket. Your eggs are in many baskets, I guess you might say. Uh, yeah, and yes, real estate has risk to it, but they mitigate the risks in various ways. For example, the maximum they're going to lend on any individual property is 70% of the value of the property, so-called loan-to-value, 70% max, meaning the borrower-developer has always at least 30% plus what I call skin in the game. You know, they're not going to walk away from something they get a lot of money in, and they're going to profit when the project is, is complete. Um, but, you know, there's always that possibility. If that were to happen, they would basically take over the project, complete it, and then actually get a bigger profit from the fund because they bought it, they lend it 70%, and they would sell it at 100%, so they'd actually have a bigger profit sharing in a case like that. But it's, it's very, very rare that there are any kind of defaults. But, yes, it is possible. This is not guaranteed. This is not FDIC territory. Um, but in return for taking a slight amount of risk, you're getting an 8% return if you keep in FDIC land, you're getting well below 1% these days, Casey. Okay. And when you're investing the money, since it's a fund, you really don't have any say over what's actually happening. You're just, it's just a straight up investment. You don't like pick which property that right. you want to invest in or what, what venture or anything like that. That's what the fund managers do. And they've been right. doing this for 30 years consistently. And they actually use two strategies, which may be helpful. The first one is what's called forced appreciation, meaning they're doing something to the building that's increasing the value of the building, which means the builder developer has every reason in the world to get the thing done. And the other strategy they use is what's called um, collaborative lending, meaning they're like a partner with the builder developer to get the deal done. And in return for that, they get a piece of the profits. Some builder developer is not going to share a piece of his profits with a bank. <laughs> the bank is like the enemy. Here, it's like a partnership relationship, and therefore that's how they get that profit sharing uh, to shareholders. All right. Now, since you're America's answer man with money, I want to ask you a question because I've personally been looking into doing some real estate investing. And one of the options that I was looking at was kind of a turnkey uh, company where I would buy the property myself, but then they would manage everything where they'd have the property management, they would handle getting the tenants in and then all of that. It seems like this thing that you're offering is a little easier than that, but the potential reward might be a little bit less because the other one, I'm actually owning the property, I'm building equity, and 
Um, I'm also getting the, the, the monthly cash flow as well. So it seems like if I was to make a decision on which one I wanted to do, how would, how would you recommend a guy like me would look at those two scenarios and decide which one would be the right one for me to do? There are two kind of different things. The one you're talking about is an equity play. So say you get into a place and you fix it up and add the value and you sell it eventually, you can get an equity appreciation or it can go down, okay? The secured real estate fund is not an equity play. It's a debt play. You're, you're, it's the, the primary way you're earning from it is getting a mortgage, first lien mortgage position on these commercial properties. And then you get the kicker of the, uh, the profit sharing. The other one you're talking about, you are on the uh, you know, title. I mean, you actually own the property. You're going to pay some pretty hefty fees for them managing it, um, both finding the tenants and collecting rent and making sure everything, maintenance and all that. I mean, it may be worth it, but it's two different animals. The one I'm talking about is a pure debt play where the value of it doesn't go up and down. The one you're talking about, the value will go up and down and you have all kinds of fees involved in managing it. So you, know, you can do a little right. bit, but just understand there are kind of two different structures there. Yeah, and, and I did realize that. I'm just trying to you know, decision-making process. Cause whenever we're going to make an investment, there's always so many different ones that we can choose. And I was wondering if you had a specific formula on, you know, how do, how does an individual find the right investment? How do they know what would be the best one to pick for them when there's so many choices out there? The only one about this is it's a $5,000 minimum. So it's a lot less of a commitment. If you're going to buy a house, it's going to be whatever, a hundred thousand plus uh, to, to go buy physical real estate. So, and you're part of a pool, diversified pool, as opposed to having it on a specific property. So it, it depends, you know, do a little bit of each. You can also put this inside an IRA, either a Roth IRA or a traditional IRA, which makes sense because if you have that money compounding, your money is now compounding at 8% plus over a long period of time, tax-free inside a Roth IRA, tax-deferred in a traditional, that's a pretty good return to be compounding for a long period of time, completely passively. Right. And uh, is it difficult to get a Roth IRA set up uh, with real estate? Because I know you can do it with like your 401k or with a, a, a brokerage, but this is a little different because it's they, an actual loan. They, they use what's called a uh, folio. Uh, F-O-L-I-O is a self-directed IRA custodian that is designed to handle this exact uh, thing. This is technically what's called a regulation A-plus fund or commonly known as a crowdfunding fund. And this started in 2012, Congress passed a law called the Jobs Act of 2012, which authorized Reg A plus funds from starting. So this is one of the first ones that came out basically in 2016 uh, because they didn't exist before that. So it's got all kinds of SEC regulations to make sure, but what it's allowing people to do, the average person can invest $5,000 and get 8% plus, as opposed to in the past, it might've been like $100 million a pension fund would do this kind of thing. Um, so it's allowing the average person to get returns they couldn't get otherwise, and it's allowing people to get their projects financed that they couldn't get done in the past as well. Yeah, <laughs> it's a, a win-win win situation. It sure beats putting your money in the bank. Exactly. It's a win-win for everybody, and that's this is a piece of legislation that's actually working, so that's a good thing for both sides. Yeah, that is good. Uh, so what else did you have for us uh, as for, for tips that people can use to increase their cash flow? Well, here's a dramatic one. There's a strategy called mortgage equity optimization, which allows you literally to pay off a 30-year mortgage in about five to seven years on your existing level of income case. You don't need extra income. It's the way you flow it 
that makes a difference. That'll increase your cash flow right there if you have your mortgage paid off. In That's five. insane. I've owned my house for five years. Why couldn't I have talked to you five years ago? Well, <laughs> right now. Uh, yeah. for a lot of people, they have no idea this is a possible uh, strategy. And by the way, I'm always going to give a website to help people implement it. The website on this is called truthinequity.com. So let me just do a very simple explainer of how this thing works because you got to have an open mind, Casey. It's a different way of thinking about things. Okay. The end result is I'm going to save you tens of thousands of dollars in needless interest and pay your mortgage off 25 years faster than you ever thought possible. So hopefully that, that opens your mind. <laughs> yeah, I like it. I'm, I'm ready to go. All right. So let's, the traditional system is you have, say, a 30-year mortgage where you make the same payment every month for 30 years. The first 10 to 15 years, pretty much paying all interest, paying very, very little principal on that mortgage, right? And meanwhile, you're keeping your income, whatever, where it's from, in a checking account, sitting there, earning zero. You see how this works well for the bank. They get your money for free. In fact, they charge you fees to get at your own money sometimes. Right. And then they collect interest from you for 30 years. And if you refinance a mortgage, you start a new 30-year clock all over again. Even though your rate and payment may be down, all the interest you paid for the last 10 or 15 years, you just threw away to start a new 30-year clock all over again. So you see how the current system works really That's well. That's a really bad decision, I think, in most cases, which I have, I'm guilty of doing, by the way. People do it all the time. I want to get a lower payment, lower rate. Yeah. But what they forget about is they're restarting the clock and all that interest you've been paying for many, many, many years, you just threw away. Okay. So the banks are real happy to have you refinance because even though the rate may be a little bit less, they, they like that clock to be. Well, that's free money for them. Exactly. Exactly. Yeah. Okay. So that's the current system, how it works so well for the bank. Now we're going to flip the whole system and make your money actually work for you instead of the bank. So what you do is you get a home equity line of credit, H-E-L-O-C, or what's called a HELOC, which is a liquid line against your house. You can take money in, you can take it out, completely liquid. You link it to your checking account. You keep your income, which is normally sitting in your checking account earning nothing, in the HELOC, and it's pushing down your balance every day. HELOCs are based on what's called average daily balance. How much do I owe today? So say you had a $50,000 HELOC, and you've got a paycheck for $1,000, instead of keeping your checking account, you put in the HELOC, instead of owing $50,000, you now owe $49,000. So you're paying interest on $49,000. Now you pay your bills out of the HELOC as well, but over time, every day you're making progress on that principle, as opposed to making almost no progress with a traditional system. Every day you're making a little bit of progress, as opposed to once a month, you make almost no progress with a traditional system. So let me just go through a simple example. This may help Casey kind of bring it home as to how it would work, okay? So say you have a house worth 300000 and you bought it, and you have a $200,000 first mortgage at a good rate, 4%, something like that, all right? Um, and for 30 years. You would take out a HELOC for maybe 50000 that you've got plenty of equity in that house, and you were to write a check on that HELOC, the 50000 towards the first, Okay. So now on the first, instead of owing 200000 you owe 150000 and you owe 50000 in the HELOC, okay? Now you use the technique we just talked about. You keep your income going in that HELOC all the time, making progress, and after, say, a year, something like that, you pay that $50,000 HELOC off because you've got that income moving in it all the time, all right? Then you do it again. You write another $50,000 check on the HELOC towards the first, a year later, and now instead of owing one hundred and fifty, you owe one hundred. 
you pay that off over a year, you do it twice more. So within four years, you paid off the first mortgage and the fifth year you pay off the HELOC, you are now mortgage-free after five years. That's a simplified example of how it works. Now, yeah, actually, it, does that make sense to you? It, yeah, it actually makes a lot of sense, and it's funny because those numbers are pretty similar to what my house is, and I do have a home equity line, which is right around the $50,000 level, and um, I just – so once you pay that $50,000, um, like you take it from two hundred dollars to one fifty how much of that first payment is interest? Isn't that like right away, most of that's probably going to interest. It is. Now with a HELOC, typically the, there's a minimum payment, which is interest only for the first. Right. So you're going to have the whole thing paid off in five years. Okay. Um, so absolutely. And notice, by the way, on the first, when you go from 200 to 150, you keep making the same payments you've been making before, but much more of that's going towards the principal because you owe 150 instead of 200. So you're making progress against the principal on both sides. The first is being paid off faster and the HELOC is being paid off faster, okay? Now there are three things you need to make the strategy work. First thing, you've got to have a decent credit score, 680 or higher to qualify for the HELOC. You've got to have home equity. If you're underwater in your house, there's nothing to borrow against, so you can't make that work. And the third thing, you need positive cash flow. During the month, more money coming in than going out because that positive cash flow is what's pushing that balance down every day. The more positive cash flow you have, the faster it gets paid off. Now, at that website I gave you, truthinequity.com, it's a free website. You go in and fill in what's called a personal profile. And you put in your income and your, your expenses and your house value and your mortgage and all these things. And it's going to say instantly, based on what you're doing today, it's going to take you 28 and a half years to pay off your mortgage. With the numbers you just gave us, it's going to be 5.6 years or whatever it comes out to be and they show you step-by-step step how to do it. So I've oversimplified it, but you, the idea is, you see how your money's now working for you instead of the bank? All that income that was sitting there in the checking account doing nothing is pushing your balance down every day on that HELOC. Imagine a couple who's 30, whose mortgage is paid off at 35 instead of 60. What kind of difference is that gonna make in their life? The, the only part of this that I don't understand is, is using your HELOC as your checking account. I don't quite understand how that part works. Like you, you. That's legal. You, you can uh, write checks on the HELOC. As you like, right. And you can even do it electronically in many cases. The best way to do it, Casey, is to have all your bills on one credit card every month. Okay. Hopefully something you get frequent flyer miles or a rebate. Or right, right. On. So you have your electric bill and your food bill and your rent, whatever, all these things on one bill. So basically you pay one bill a month. So every day during the month, your balance is going down as you get income in there. And one day a month, your balance is going to go up when you pay your bill. But the rest of the time, you're making progress on your, uh, your, your principal, you see, because your money is pushing it down every day. So basically, that's the way it works. You use the HELOC to pay your bills, uh, and it's linked to your checking account. You, you're typically going to get your paycheck deposited into your checking account, and then you move money electronically from the checking account into the HELOC pushing your balance down. It's so a different mindset. But boy, you have to have a monthly positive cash flow in order to make this work. So right. if, you're, you're, if you're not, if you're paycheck to paycheck, you don't have a monthly positive cash flow, then that won't work. Correct, because you, you, you have to have that positive cash flow. That's what's pushing down the principal all the time. Okay. Right. And the vast majority of your listeners have equity in their home, decent credit score and positive cash flow. So for them, this is an absolute godsend. I think that a good percentage of the people that are listening to this right now could probably just go ahead and 
take advantage of this. And I think I'm going to really consider doing that as well. So this is great, great advice. So thank you, Jordan. You that was, cash flow dramatically, right? Yeah. Yeah. That was, that, that was the winning tip right there, but we still got a, a bunch more to go. Okay. So let's go to the next one. <laughs> so the next one is people don't realize they can sell their life insurance policy for tens or possibly hundreds of thousands of dollars. What most people do is they let their life insurance policy lapse because they can't either, they can't afford it anymore. The premiums have gone up too much or uh, they don't need it anymore. Say they have kids, they had young kids. Now the kids are self-supporting. So if they die, they don't need to support the kids. So let's cut it. But what they don't realize is there's a whole market for life insurance policies, which is what's called the life settlement market where you can sell your policy to somebody who buys it, becomes the owner and the beneficiary, and they get your death benefit. But meanwhile, you get hundreds of thousands of dollars right now. Okay. Talk about cash flow. I mean, it's an asset you have, and the insurance company is never going to tell you you have this. They yeah. want you to have the thing lapse, right? Now, typically, you have to be older. I would say you have to be maybe um, 65 to 70, something like that, because that people don't want to buy an insurance policy and wait 50 years. <laughs> they may wait 15, 20 years, something like that. And actually, if you have any kind of health issues, that's even better. The sicker you are and the older you are, the more money you're going to get for your insurance policy because they don't particularly want you to stick around too long. It's more expensive to buy an insurance if you're older and if you have health problems. In many cases, you might not be able to get it at all. But yeah. I'm saying, say you bought a policy in your younger years. I'm just going to make up a number. Say you had a million dollar death benefit policy, okay? And you bought it when you were in your 20s, uh, and now it's, it's gone up and, you know, it's, it's just unaffordable for you. And say you're 75, and let's give you a heart, heart uh, condition while we're at it. You might be able to sell that million-dollar policy for like 300000 You get 300000 cash now. The people who buy the policy pay the premiums, and then when you die, they get the million. So they triple their money. They don't know exactly when, but that's why they do a medical underwriting to see, uh, you know, how long you're going to last, basically, is what it kind of goes down to. So this is something that's literally hundreds of thousands of dollars people could do. Now, it may not be you. It might be your parents, but they don't even know this exists. So this is what's called the life settlement market. And there's a website to find out more, which is fundinglife.com. Fundinglife.com puts buyers and sellers together. So you would be the seller of the policy. They have more buyers then they have sellers. It's a, it's a competitive market. You're going to have people, if you fit the right criteria, you're going to have people competing to give you more and more money for that life insurance policy. It's quite an amazing thing. Yeah, and now my listeners come from a lot of different backgrounds and different uh, age ranges. Me personally, I'm 41, and I have had my life insurance policy. It Does it matter what kind? Because I think I got a term life. I did a 10-year term, and I'm paying like $35 a month for a year. I was in or, uh, for, for a million. I was in pretty good shape, still in pretty good shape, young. Um, but at this point, I may not need that million dollars anymore because I've built up a good cash flow, so I might not need the policy. So if there's a guy like me, I'm running towards the end of it, and I don't really need the money, then would that be an option for me to go ahead and try to see if I could sell it? Probably not because you're too young and healthy. Okay. At 41 and healthy, people are not going to want to buy it. That's why I said you need to be like 65 plus and have some health conditions. Okay. But you can buy a term policy. Many term policies are what are called convertible. 
meaning they can be converted from term to a cash value or permanent policy, because people aren't going to buy a term policy that expires, they get nothing for it. But if you have a convertible term policy, yes, you convert it, and then you buy it. But before you convert it, you know what you're going to get for it, roughly. So you convert it for a relatively short period of time. But young and healthy, you're not going to be able to sell your policy. But you may have some older uh, followers or their parents have insurance policies, and they're going to let them lapse. And this literally can allow the parents to stay in their home and live a, a decent life. Say they get that 300000 and they invest it in the secured real estate fund we talked about. Right. Oh, yeah. Yeah. I've just solved their retirement issue right there. Now, does it matter how much time is left on your policy? Do you have no. to be close to lapsing to do this? No, you can, buy, you can sell it at any time. You, it has to be at least two years after you bought the policy. You can't like buy it and sell it immediately. You, you can't buy it so-called in anticipation of selling it. But if you've had a policy for more than two years, you can sell it anytime you like, whenever you need the money. And you're going to get more if you wait till you're older because the price is going to go up. But okay, depends well, on what you need it. But there's a good. lot of people with life insurance policies that have no clue this is even a possibility. And it's literally financed their retirements uh, in many cases. So again, fundinglife.com is a free website to kind of check out what might make sense for you. I'll just hang on to that one until I get a little older, but I'm hoping to be able to take advantage of it now, but that's all right. <laughs> okay. I know you have a diverse group of listeners and, yeah, no, it, for you, but it, for your parents, I mean, they may have an insurance policy they don't realize is worth it. Yeah. And it's not, this show isn't about me anyways, <laughs> <laughs> but I do, I do cheat and I steal all the tips that I learn and I use them for myself. Good. And pass them on to the audience. Okay. Uh, the next one that you had on, on the agenda it's what's called verifying loan payments. Now, this is with mortgages. A lot of people who have adjustable rate mortgages do not realize that they've been making the wrong payments, too high payments for many, many years. Adjustable rate mortgages typically are linked to some kind of an index, maybe the prime rate. It could be LIBOR. There's a lot of different things it could be potentially linked to. And often these mortgages are sold from one servicing company to another to another, and they make all kinds of mistakes in these things. So what ends up happening is, you can audit your mortgage statement. If they've been paying, if you've been paying too much, you can get a rebate that can literally be thousands of dollars and, and get your payment set to a better level that's more accurate in many cases. Uh, there's a free website called verifymymortgage.com that actually does this for you. And they, you, they get your original mortgage payment statement. They see what payments you've been making. They see what the index is. And they say, oh, you, you, you paid $8,000 too much in your mortgage over the last five years. Here's a letter giving the great details about it. You send that to the bank. They send you a rebate for $8,000 and adjust your payment to a more accurate level. About 40 to 50% of the mortgages that they audit, they find are wrong. So there's another few thousand dollars. Is there a cost on the audit? Uh, they, they do charge, I think it's about $300 to do the audit. It, it, and do you recommend that people have been on their loans for a while? Like they've maybe 10 years into it. Cause if it's just a new loan, it probably won't save them much. Well, that's correct. It, it, I mean, if it's just a new loan, you, you wouldn't have had a mistake for a very long time. So yeah, I'd say at least five years you should be into the loan and it has to be a just rate. A fixed rate isn't going to have that, but anything that's going up and down based on okay. some index, there are just massive mistakes being made and no people have no clue that they're, uh, you know, doing that one. And by the way, related to that is escrow. A lot of people are over escrowed 
on their mortgages. An escrow is held aside for paying property taxes and home insurance. Many times they withhold more than they really need to. And you can, there's the same website, verifymyescrow.com to see if you're over, and the same thing, you get a rebate and adjust the escrow down to a more accurate level. Excellent. Well, that's Hello, this is Casey, and I wanted to take a minute to tell you about my new book that just came out. It's called Complete Trading System. This is my 25 years of trading experience sharing everything that I have learned in how to make a profit from the markets. You're going to learn about how to find the right instruments to trade, how to find a trend, how to get started as beginners. You're going to learn about how to get the right mindset and you're going to be able to put it all together to create a trading system of your own that will work for you. I highly recommend that you try it out. Just click the link right now. It's called Complete Trading System. It's available on Amazon. Thank you. Go ahead and check it out. I think you're going to love it. I'm I'll definitely look into that one too. All right, now uh, let's go ahead and move on to the next tip. What do you got for us, America? So refinancing your car payments. A lot of people took on cars and payments much bigger than they could really afford. And they don't realize you can refinance your car payment to a, a, both an interest rate and a payment that's more affordable for you. Again, there's a free website for this called MyLoanGen, G-E-N, MyLoanGen.com. And you go in there and you put in your existing car payment, how many more months you have to go, interest rate, what you bought the car for. And then it gives you a little dial that you can choose uh, what your car payment's going to be and what interest rate you're paying and what the maturity may be. So I'm making this up. Say you had a $500 a month car payment and you have three years to go and you're finding that 500 a little you know, more than you can really handle. If you move your payment from three years out there, your payment might go from 500 to 250. And if the car is going to last anyway, then you've made something more affordable for yourself. A lot of people took on bigger car payments they could really afford. And what you don't want to do is have the repo man coming in the middle of the night with a hook and you, you go out and your car is gone, okay, which is what happens. And the, the loan companies have now made it easier uh, to track where you are. They have a, a de device that you'll put in your car called the defeat, defeat device. And literally, if you don't make your car payment, you're driving along the highway and they can disable your car. You're in the middle of it, all of a sudden it dies. And they know not only where to go pick you up because they've got the GPS, but you, you're stuck. They're going to come with a hook and take you away. So because of those devices, they've made more loans than in the past they would have given because they had, a, had the repo man chase you all over. They know that they can get their asset back really easy. Easy. With GPS yeah. and the defeat device, they know exactly where to get you. So as a result of that, they've made a lot of loans they did in the past because they don't have to chase people around as, as much. So that can save you a lot of money and give you control. So what happens when you, you pick the maturity and the interest rate and the payment you want, you then click submit, and then it goes out to a bunch of credit unions around the country who then compete for your business to give you the best deal. So in about two minutes, you can refinance your car loan and save yourself a ton of money and improve your cash flow. 
Yeah, and that's a little different than refinancing a uh, a house, right? You're not you're not um, giving up all that interest, or you are. It's the same same concept. You choose. I mean, it gives you a choice at different levels. It's going to have different interest rates. It may be more important for you to get the payment down and therefore increase the maturity of the loan, or you may want a lower interest rate and pay it, make a higher payment. You have a choice of exactly what payment, what interest rate, and what maturity you want based on your budget. It's giving you control. When you go to a car dealer, they're not going to give you a bunch of choices. They're going to say, based on your credit, here's the interest rate you get, and here's the term. This now allows you to refinance that and give you all kinds of choices you didn't have before. Well, that's really good, Jordan. Uh, we got time for one more tip. Uh, okay. can you... The big one, refinancing yeah. student loans. Okay. Now, this may be more relevant for you and your audience because this is the monster these days. The average person is graduating with 39000 in student loan debt. It's the average. Many people with 50000 100000 undergraduate. Graduate school, 200000 300000 400000 Dental school, business school, law school. It's just staggering the amount of student loan debt people are in. And you can't get out of it, Casey. You can't even go bankrupt and get out of it. It's not dischargeable, yeah. even in bankruptcy. Okay, so what you got to do is there's two things. Consolidate it. If you have a whole bunch of different federal loans in different places, consolidate it into one at the lowest possible interest rate. A website for that, consolidatecollege.com. Or sometimes even better, refinance it to about 2 to 3%. There's a place called Credible that will help you do that. And the website for that is credible.com. And then do forward slash money answers. They know it's me that way. You get 200 bucks off your first payment when you refinance it. So you can take private loans, parent loans, federal loans, all of them combine it into the 2 to 3% interest rate and save yourself a lot of money. Because typically the loans are at 4 or 5 or private loans, 10, 11%. And now you have one payment to make. I'm not making the loans disappear, but I'm getting the interest rate down. And you'll have one to pay instead of many. And that'll save you, you know, a good amount of money. So again, that website credible.com um, backslash money answers. And it, Credible itself is the lender, is a platform that has about 10 different lenders and you figure out which is best for your situation. Apply online and that just takes care of your student loans. That is the burden of this generation. It really is. And uh, it's so tough with uh, just starting out. You know, the younger you are, the harder it is to make it. And you've got this big burden right from the beginning. It makes it really tough. So that's a great tip. Thank you. And in many and, cases, people have degrees and they don't have a job in that area. I think only about 40% of the people graduating from law school end up in the law one way or the other. Just getting the degree is not the guarantee of the revenue that's gonna, that they were expecting. And in many cases, people don't even graduate or they take five years to graduate or they don't know what they're doing. And then they, I, I get emails from people all the time, and I'm glad to get them. I got one from a guy working at Walmart, making $10 an hour. He had $110,000 in student loans. And he said, how long is it going to take to pay me off? I said, pay this off. I said, how many grandchildren are you going to have? Because it's going to be them paying these things off. Yeah, well, hopefully you were able to help them out. That's some good resources. So, uh, Jordan, thanks for being on the show today. Your tips have been incredible the HELOC tip is for me is the, is the gold star. I, I'm going to follow up with that. Um, how can people get in contact with you uh, if they want to find out more about what you're doing? So my website is moneyanswers.com. I've got loads of resources and links. I've got a YouTube channel just like you do. Um, I've got a blog. I do a monthly newsletter that they can sign up for for free. 
Uh, I've been doing this for a long time. We've just scratched the surface of the kind of resources I've offered people in investing and credit cards and mortgages and insurance. I love doing this stuff. I was at Money Magazine for many years covering these things. So I love to help people. And I'm glad to take emails from your listeners as well at moneyanswers.com. Okay, well, uh, for everybody that's listening to this, I recommend that you guys go ahead and go to that website and just take advantage of everything that Jordan is putting out there because uh, if you don't take action, you're not going to be able to reap the results. And Jordan's given us a great bunch of free tips, and he's got a lot more. So everybody that's listening should really go to moneyanswers.com and check out what Jordan Goodman has to offer. And I want to thank you for sharing that information with my listeners today. Thanks for being on the show, Jordan. Thanks so much, Casey. Appreciate it. I hope we've changed some lives. You have been listening to the Finance and Markets Cash Flow Hacking Podcast. Thank you for listening. Be sure and visit our website, financeandmarkets.com to view this podcast's actionable cash flow strategies. And if this podcast was beneficial to you, please go to iTunes and search Cash Flow Hacking Podcast and leave a review to help other people find this and discover this podcast. for tuning in to another insightful episode of How to Trade It with Casey Stubbs. We hope you found today's discussion valuable and inspiring. Remember, the road to trading mastery is a continuous one, and your commitment to learning and growing as a trader is the key to your success. If you have any questions, comments, or topics you'd like us to cover in future episodes, please reach out to us at podcast at tradingstrategyguides.com. Keep listening, keep learning, and keep trading your way to victory. Until next time.